You guys ready for Galatians? God, as we get into your word right now, we just want to pray that, Lord, you'd help us to understand what it is this book has for us, God, as it um, brings so many applicable principles to, Lord, where we are right now as a church, where we are right now as a nation. And God, I pray that you'd give me the wisdom to, to bring forward the reality of how these truths impact the thinking of, of today. And God, I pray you'd give me to preach on grace, Lord and what it means. And, and God, I, I, we want to hearing our anointed preaching. God, we want to pray for anointed hearing. We want to lean in right now to what it is you want to say to us, God. And we're not sitting in this place on accident. We're not online on accident, God. You've, we're in this moment because you have something to say to us. So, Lord, we want to hear from you. We lean in with anticipation. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty amen, amen. Book of Galatians. Paul is defending the gospel, okay? The gospel. Gospel means good news, okay? Um, and the reason he's defending it is because it was under attack in, 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 in his time. You know, the gospel, friends, is it's powerful. The gospel is potent. The gospel transforms life. The gospel changes lives. The gospel transforms and changes communities. The gospel, the gospel opens up lives to be lived in the environment that God has intended our lives to be lived. It all takes place in the gospel. The gospel is our victory. The gospel is our freedom. The gospel is our peace. It's our security. It's our transformation. The gospel is everything for us. Listen, listen to what Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says. It says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why not? Why am I not ashamed of it? For it is the power of God to salvation. Think about that for a second. Come on, everybody, look at me, look at me. The power of like, God who spoke the universe into existence. We all agree that we have a powerful God, amen? Come on, church, amen? And what God does, he says, listen, here's what I'm saying. The power of God is talked into, Right? The gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In other words, when the gospel is fully preached, the gospel is fully understood, the gospel is lived out in our lives, this power of God takes hold of the life, right, that is living within the boundaries of the gospel, the understanding of the gospel. That is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greeks. So, if the gospel is the power of God to transform your life, how many of you need, need to see some things changed in your life? How many of you need, need to see your, your, your communities change? You want to see our, our nation change? I want to tell you that the hope of our nation is not in better policies or politicians, although some of us, that'd be great, right? Some of you think, like, we never have a perfect. But can I tell you, the, the answer is found in the gospel taking hold of America, Okay. Am I, at a, am, I at a am I at a golf tournament this morning? I, the, the hope of our nation is that the gospel would take hold of our nation. And so if the gospel is truly that powerful, which we're going to be looking at um, in this series, in this time together, then what do you think is going to come under attack? The gospel. It's the very first, it's the thing that the enemy is going to focus on attacking. He's going to come up against. And... That was the case in Paul's day. The gospel was under attack. In Paul's day, there were these Judaizers that were coming in behind Paul and preaching a different gospel. 
So Paul would go in and he would start churches, okay? And when he would leave those churches, he couldn't stay with them very long. He, he would start the church, he'd raise up leadership, and then he would move on. And when he would move on, these Judaizers, this is what's happening in the book of Galatians, these Judaizers would come in and they would start to twist and distort the gospel. You see, the Judaizers were Jewish believers. They grew up as good little Jewish boys and girls, and then they became Christians, but growing up as good Jewish boys and girls, they were told as a Jewish boy that you needed to be circumcised, right, in order to be set apart for God. Well, they were circumcised when they were very little, very young, right? And now they're coming into the church after Paul left and going, hey, listen, it's all about, and Paul would preach, it's all about Jesus. It's all about grace. It's all about Jesus. It's all about grace. And the Judaizers would come in and go, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of all about Jesus. You see, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's about Jesus, but it's about Jesus, and we think you need to be circumcised. Can you imagine, like, literally, the, the Jerusalem council was discussing whether or not they should add circumcision to their, you know, like their life track, you know, like their welcome to church thing. Like, you want to be a part of the church? Wow. Well, we're talking about whether circumcision. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, you, it's like we'll send the women. The women can be all part of the church. I'll wait in the car. You know, like, <laughs> you let me know. And so they have this whole discussion. And if we can kick on the airs, I'm going to sweat up here all over the place. They have this whole discussion, and. And grace wins. Like, God goes, no, 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 no. It's not about, it's not about circumcision or uncircumcision. It's, it's God's grace. It's not a work that you can do. It's a work that's been done for you. And so these Judaizers are coming in, and, and in Paul's day, they're starting to distort the gospel, trying to add to it. They're trying to they're say it's Jesus and. And I want you to know that today, and we're going to talk about all of this more as we go through the series, that today there is still that attitude. Hey, it's Jesus. It's all Jesus, but Jesus and, right? Jesus and a little bit of what they're teaching over here. Jesus and a little bit of some other things that are outside the Bible. Jesus and, you know, what they're saying on this talk show, what I read in that magazine, Jesus and, right? Jesus and, we start to build this empire on what's called syncretism, where I'm taking what I believe, I'm trying to sync it up with what the world believes, what others believe, and, and, and that's what Paul was dealing with. And so Paul comes in in the book of Galatians, and he, he, he's more fired up than he is in any of his other books, He's defending the gospel according to grace, not Jesus and Jesus only. Jesus, period, the end of subject, amen? And, and Paul's defending the gospel. So that was in his day. In, in our day, one of the main reasons that we're going through the book of Galatians is because the reality is the gospel still is under attack today. The gospel is still being poked at and, and questioned. And, and, and so today what we end up with is you've got this old school gospel religion camp. I'm going to call it the old school religion camp, okay? That's trying to, trying to, and has been for a long time, as Paul was dealing with, trying to twist the gospel. So you have this old school religious camp that's very like, well, listen, you've got to do. You've got to do. There's all these things you've got to do. It sounds very much like the Judaizers, okay? And there's still some of that alive in our world today. Not much in California, okay? But as you go back into the Bible Belt, seriously, it's still very much alive. Like, I'm saved and going to heaven. Why? I went to church on Sunday. 
you know? I read three chapters this week. I, you know, I did all this. I pray more than other people. I give more than other people. You know, I, you know how many of you grew up kind of like, if you, if you miss a Sunday, you're going, you're going to the devil's place, right? Like, and um, some of you grew up like, but the reality is we're out here in California uh, in the West Coast. It's not this old school religion gospel that's been fighting to twist the gospel. It's kind of this new school, I'd call it. It's sort of a, a new school, progressive gospel, okay? And in this new school, progressive gospel, it's this, it's this, this shift away from the true gospel into this, well, it's a, it's a universal love of God and acceptance of all lifestyles gospel, Right? It's just kind of like, hey, let us, we need to update the gospel so that it, it, it just throws a big old loving arm around everything and anything under the sun. And, and that's the heart of God. And I'm, I'm going to walk you through. If you get mad at me today, stick around, okay? Just get stick around. For the next, seriously, I'm asking you. I'm begging you. Stick around and listen to what the gospel actually says. Because when, when God draws lines, we're talking about a little bit today, but more, when God draws, as we go on, uh, when God draws lines, they're lines of love, the lines of grace. You see, he, he created life. He knows how it works. And he says, hey, don't go there. It's because he knows what it will produce in your life. And so this new school gospel is just kind of Jesus is diminished from being God in the flesh to just being well, he's just a good role model. And what Jesus was doing is kind of modeling for us how we need to kind of live our lives. And it's now a gospel on morality. And we kind of just do good things. So, love, you know, yes, love your neighbor. Mow the lawn from time to time. Let's, let's get behind some social issues. Let's, and all those things are good, but they're diminishing what the gospel actually, what the gospel actually is. And so this new school progressive gospel starts to downplay issues of sin. It elevates, watch this, and you'll, you'll see this over and over again. It elevates feeling and emotion above what is true and right. So what does it feel like? What does it, it just doesn't feel right. Can I just tell you something? Be very, very careful, friends. Feelings will lie to you. Feelings will tell. How many of you lived a season of your life where you just did what you felt like, right? Come on. Like, I'm just going to go do what I feel like. Often, it's when you're rebellious coming out of high school, you're in college. Some of you are doing it right now. I'm just going to do what I feel like. How's that work out for you? I don't feel like paying my bills. I don't feel like obeying traffic laws. I, I, don't, I don't feel like being faithful where I know I probably should be faithful. I don't feel like dealing with the IRS this year. I don't feel like, I don't feel, you can, you can run on your feelings all day long, but the reality is your feelings will always lie to you. And so we've built this religious gospel based on emotion. It doesn't feel, well, what's the truth? There is truth with a capital T. What is the truth? Okay. Well, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Is that absolutely true? Like, are you sure of that? Um, and so we start to, in this new school progressive gospel, um, lose sight of what actually is is true, and therefore lose sight of the power of the gospel to do what the gospel does. And the gospel transforms lives. Amen? So if we give into this, uh, 
kind of progressive gospel, here's what we end up with. We end up with a world that looks very much like the world in, 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 in the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 25, it says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And that's where we're going. This, this, everyone's just going to, we're just all going to do what's right in our own eyes. And do you know the book of Judges, didn't, it didn't turn out well for them. It never does. It gets darker and darker and darker. And often before the fall of, of a civilization or before the fall of, of an empire, there is this kind of attitude where everyone just does what's right in their own eyes, okay? And therefore, we're in the book of Galatians, bringing us back to the gospel. You need to understand it. I need to understand it. And so Galatians chapter 1 Paul, right from the beginning, wants to make sure we understand the pure gospel. Like, he just very simply boils it down for us right in the very beginning. Like, here's what you can't take from it. Here, here's what you can't miss. Okay, you ready? Like, so a, a, a different gospel, you have a different gospel when you add to the gospel or when you take from the gospel. So we, we want to make sure that we're not adding to the gospel or we're not taking from the gospel. So Paul simply goes, here's a very, very quick easy understanding of what the gospel is. Obviously, we are not, this isn't all the bounds of what the gospel does, but Paul just jumps right in and he says this. He says, for I am not ashamed. Go ahead. Galatians, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me to the children or to the churches of Galatia, to the whole area of Galatia. Here's what he says. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the work of God and Father, our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Paul says, here's the gospel, plain and simple, right up front. Did you see it? That God... The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us. Do you know what the gospel is? Jesus gave himself for your sins so he could deliver you. And Paul wants you to understand this right up front, you see, because you can't take from this anything or you end up with less than the gospel. And so what we see happening is people are taking from it and people are trying to add to this more. But if you take from or you add to, you don't actually have the gospel. And so Paul says, listen, here's what you can't miss. That Christ gave himself for our what? Our sins. Can I tell you, you don't have the gospel if you don't talk about sin. Like you don't have the gospel unless you talk about the reality of sin. Well, I, 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 I don't like sin. And I don't like you, I don't like, I don't like the church saying that, that people sin or that they're sinners. I mean, don't tell people they're, they're, they're sinners. Let me, let me help you understand something, okay? You can't, the gospel means what? Good news? Gospel means, now, you can't fully appreciate good news unless you understand bad news. Like, you don't actually know how good this good news is until you understand how bad the bad news is. Like, if an airline stewardess gets on, on, on the, on the, you know, on the mic, on the airplane, is like, everybody, I uh, just want to let you know that um, we're going to be passing out parachutes. Anyone would like a parachute? If you just raise your hand, we're going to be passing out parachutes. He's like, I don't want a parachute. 
Like, why would I want to sit here with a parachute? That's, it's like encumbersome. It's kind of like, you know, so I'm not comfortable. I was like, why do I want a parachute? You know? That's just giving, like, good news without the bad news. If she gives you the bad news, everybody just want to let you know we've lost both engines and the tail is now on fire. I'm going to be passing out parachutes. Anyone want a parachute? It's like, all of a sudden, boy, give me, give me two. I'll take two. Like, give me, give me all you got. So you have to understand the bad news to fully grab hold of the, of the good news. And so the Bible says, listen, right up front, gospel truth is this, that Jesus gave himself for our sins. Our sins. My sin. Well, what is sin? Sin is when I miss the mark. What mark? The mark of what life contains and what it is to look like. You see, God created life. He created marriage. He created finances. He created sexuality. He created, he created man and female. He created, he created. And being creator, he then therefore said, here's how it all works. And I want you to know, people listen to that. They listen to the Bible and God going, here's how it all works. Oh, that's so, so restrictive. No, it's not. It's freeing. Because if you try to get something to work in a way other than what it was created to work, it's not actually going to work. Like your sexuality will not actually work when you're trying to get it to work in a way that it wasn't created to work, right? Your marriage won't actually work if you're trying to get it to work in a way it wasn't created, created to work. Are you following me? And so what God, our creator, does is says, hey, everybody, real graciously, I just want to let you know how all this works. Now, here's our problem is that we often choose to still try to do it our own way. We gotta, I, I see what you say, God, but we got a better way. I want to do my own way. It's a very simple thing. It's the very first thing that happened in the, in the Garden of Eden, right? God, I see what you're saying, but we got a better idea. And whenever we choose to step outside of the way things are designed to work, created to work, because God is gracious, God is loving, we got our own idea of what the instruction should be, we sin. It literally means you've missed the mark. You've, you've missed the reality of how good it actually could be. I just need you to see it that way. It's not like, you, you sinner. No, it's like, you, you're, God wants you to be enjoying this meal, and you're down on the, on the sands making mud cakes. You know what I mean? And, and eating dirt. And, and that, that sin, you've missed the reality of what this could be. You follow that? You need to read, like, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, great book. And, and, and the gospel starts with, we, often, we will choose to not do what's right. We'll, we'll choose to go our own way. Adam and Eve do. All of us have done it. How many of you, how many of you have, you have some regrets in your life, right? Anyone? Like, come on, some things. Every hand is going up right now, right? Come on, like, right now. We've got things that we regret. We look at them and we go, I, I should have done that. We call it regrets. The Bible says it's sin. You just stepped outside of what it actually should. Now, here's the problem, okay? The bad news is, is that our sin brings forth death. It destroys us. It, it ruins life. It, it sucks life out of things. And death, it creates a death in the here and now, and it creates a, a, a death in the separation, in a separation from God, so you've been created to thrive in a relationship with God, but because of our sin, we're now separated from God. Why? Because God is holy, and God is perfect, and God is light. And the Bible says, what, what uh, business does light have to do with darkness? None at all. 
So what business does holy have to do with unholy? None at all. Unholy cannot step into holy's light. We cannot step into the midst of holiness. Why? Because we are unholy. Is everyone following? And God in his holiness cannot ignore unholiness. Why? Because God is perfect and he is loving. And in his holiness, he's also just. Like he has to judge holiness. Come on. And righteousness has to bring judgment upon unholiness. Does that make sense? Like how good would we consider a judge to be if a judge just every time something wrong was in front of him just went, oh, no big deal. Oh, it's not a big deal. Right? No. There has to be judgment. And so here's this. Here's what God deals with, is he is loving. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you, but he's also just. He's holy. And the moment he ceases to be just, he ceases to be God. He ceases to be holy. So he has to be just. He can't ignore where we've colored outside the lines, where we've hurt ourselves with our sin. He can't ignore it. He has to deal with it. See, that's the bad news. Sep- our sin has separated us from a holy God, separated from what we've been created to thrive and to live. What your heart is actually craving, you're, you're, you're separated from. Bad news, everybody. The plane is going down. But good news. God loved you so much. He came after you and he sent Jesus. And Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this curse that's on us. He gave himself. In other words, he said, Father, I'll absorb everything on their behalf. The wrath of God against our sin, the judgment of God against my sin, that judgment is all poured out on Jesus. Jesus absorbs it all so that I could be forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. Forgiven means this. It's no longer held over my head. The judgment that once was over me is no longer held over me. Can I get a better amen, right? And, and Jesus gave himself for our sin. But watch this. Now all of a sudden, you're like, who, wants, who wants Jesus? It's like, I'll, I'll. here, right? But then it goes on to say this. Not only am I forgiven, but he says, he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. So the gospel goes on. It's not just, oh, you've been forgiven. Oh, the gospel's so good, I've been forgiven. It was better than that. You've been forgiven, and then he also wants to deliver you from all this mess. Deliver you from a world that keeps going, go this way, go this way, go this way, go, and leading you down like dead in roads. And that you find yourself leading, leading you down into places where you, where you end up in these cul-de-sacs of insanity. Can I tell you about the cul-de-sacs of insanity the world leads you down? Like, come here, listen. What you need is, is, a, is a greater and a, a, a different sexual experience in order for you to experience fulfillment. People are like, okay. So they go, and they throw themselves on all these wild sexual experiences. And they find themselves empty. And they tell themselves that what just made me empty is what I need more of to make me full. And you run around these, these cul-de-sacs of insanity. I need more of what's actually not working, and maybe if I get more of it, it's actually going to work. And so the world keeps saying, come on, come on, come on, go do that, and that's what's going to fulfill you. And go do that, and that's what's going to, you know, because it's all about you being happy, and it's all about you. Just, and the world is just goes out, and we train wreck. And we wonder why there's so much depression. We wonder why suicide is running rampant. We, we wonder why people are living in hurt. We, we wonder why our, our kids are walking with darkness over them. They, they seem like they can't breathe. We wonder what in the world is going on with our world. Can I tell you? It's, it's cul-de-sacs of insanity. It just, 
And then Jesus shows him and goes, hey, you don't have to keep running in circles. I'll forgive you, cleanse you, get you out of the cul-de-sac, and then deliver you from this present evil age. Lead you into what health actually looks like. What life is meant to be lived like. Come here and experience life. And what does he say? Life more abundantly. Literally, life through the very low ceiling that you've been hitting your head against. You see, this is the gospel you can't take from it. That Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins that we might be forgiven, but also delivered. You hear me say it every Sunday, there's more. There's more. What do I mean by that? Like, I'm just telling you. Continue to live in gospel truth. Keep yourself aligned with what God has and and watch life just move. Not that everything's perfect, but I stand on a perfect solid rock in the middle of everything that might be falling apart around me. You see why? Because I'm anchored in gospel. Can I get a better amen? Like, you can't take from gospel. And it's happening all over the place. And we're going to talk a lot about it as we move through Galatians. Matter of fact, I, I'm just making this up right now. I'm going to open up questions for you online, a place where you can ask questions as we go through this. And I will go through, and if I can't answer them on Sundays, I'm going to answer them in some podcast during the week so that you just get your heart and mind around whatever it is you might be hearing or facing, okay, as we deal with gospel. Deal? So you can't take from it. And you also can't add to it. So new school progressive religion uh, or progressive gospel wants to take from the gospel. And old school, so somebody's still stuck in this. Like, and, you, and some of you are actually turning to, trying to turn to new school progressive gospel because you're sick of old school religious gospel. That's this generation. Like that old school religious gospel. So they actually go and they change the gospel because they don't like the old school religious gospel. Can I just help you understand something? Old school religious gospel is actually no gospel at all. Religious gospel is simply religious gospel. And so here's what Paul goes on to say. Watch this. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There it is in scripture. Right? The next verse. For the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God, I see that's the focus. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He goes on to say this. I marvel, Paul says, that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ. You're turning away so soon from him who called you into the what? Grace. Into the what? Come on, church. Into the what? The grace. God calls you, not into works. Not into go do and and not into you better and not into read more and study more and pray more and give more. And he doesn't call you into works. He calls you into what? Grace. Who calls you into the grace of Christ. A marvel that you're turning away from the one who calls you into grace to a different gospel. Old school religious gospel is a different gospel, not the true gospel. Why? Because the true gospel is a call not into works, but into grace. You're turning to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Religious gospel. Here, I want, I want to give you a couple of things as we... As we Start to close. Don't, don't hold me to it. To understand about religious gospel so you could smell it a mile away, all right? Here's what religious gospel will do. 
Religious gospel will get you to focus on what you do rather than what Christ has done, right? And so religious gospel, you, you, it's a, it's a, there's a generation going, well, the church just wants me to do all this stuff. And, 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 and if I don't do that, then I'm going to go to hell. And if I don't do that, then I'm going to, right? And it's just this, it's just a list of rules and regulations that we have to follow, check boxes that we have. To, and a lot of people are, are a lot of young uh, who've grown up in environments like that, are like, that's disgusting. I want anything to do with it. And therefore, they're, they're looking for this new gospel, and they're actually missing the real gospel. The old school religious gospel is not real gospel. See, because it'll get you to focus on what you do. And, and, and the problem is, what we deal with is, man actually loves religion. Like, we love religion. Why? Because it's comfortable. It's what we know. Like, you, you live in a religious world. What does that mean? Religion, basically, is you do, you get right? You do these things, and you're going to get these things, right? That's religion. Like, uh, you, you study, and you do this, then you're going to get things on, good, good grades. Uh, you, you perform at work, well, then you're going to get your paycheck. I mean, even Santa Claus is religious, you know what I mean? Like, be good, be good, and you're going to get gifts. If not, it's coal, baby. You're going to get coal. That's all you get. What is that? That's religion, right? And our, our hearts kind of love religion because it's comfortable. It's like, I know that. I know if, I, if I'm going to get something, that means i got to do some things. And so we actually find comfort in doing things in order to get what it is we could actually never achieve on our own. But we think we can because religion lies to us and tells you, do all these things. Climb the ladder. Be a better person. Right? And it feels comfortable. Right? The danger is that we take our love for religion and our love for you do, you get society, we bring it into the gospel and we actually don't end up with the gospel. We focus on what we do so we can get. And that's not gospel, friends. Listen very closely. That's curse. Do you remember, do you remember the curse in Genesis? Do you remember what it was? When, when man fell and rebelled against God, we exchanged life to embrace a curse. And what was the curse? Do you remember it? By the sweat. Genesis 3.19. What's the curse? The curse is this. By the sweat of your brow, right, you will have food to eat until you return from the ground from that which you're made. The curse is you're going to work to get. You're going to work to get. And friends, you need to understand this. God doesn't save us by adding curse to curse. He doesn't save you by going, I'm going to save you from the curse by making you work harder. By adding curse to curse. No, God saves us by bringing in grace. And grace is God's unmerited riches and favor in spite of what we've done or what we deserve, okay? Jesus didn't go to the cross so that he could add more curse to your life. He went to the cross to free you from the curse, amen? So religious focuses on, religion focuses on what you do Versus what God has done. The gospel focuses on what Jesus has done. Do you know Jesus said this, John 19, 28 and 30? He said, it is, what, finished. John 19. Just finished. What's finished? Everything that's needed for your salvation. Everything that's needed for you to step back into relationship with God. Everything that's needed for you to experience life and life more. Every, everything is now available to you. What, based on his work, it is finished. Religion will get you to focus on what you do versus what Jesus has done. Religion will also 
leave you working to earn God's approval. So I got to do all this stuff to make God love me. I got to do all this stuff to make God like me. So religion will say, work to earn God's approval. Read more, study more, give more, serve more. Instead of gospel, just receive God's love. Right? God loves you, period, and you need to simply focus on receiving a love that already exists instead of striving for a love you could never earn. You, you receive a love that already exists for you. So you need to understand that. I say it all every Sunday when we're together. God loves you right where you are. And when you understand grace, gospel, you can allow yourself to rest in that love and receive that love instead of thinking you need to leave here and go work for that love, right? Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was at my worst, he loved me enough to give his life for me, okay? And if he loved me at my worst, right, don't you think he's gonna love me when I'm seeking to move forward and seeking, come on, so he just loves you perfectly. But religion will, will lie to you and tell you that that's actually not the case. Here's the other thing I want you to understand as we close. Religion gets you around the things of Jesus. This is what you need to watch out for. Gets you around the things of Jesus without actually really ever knowing Jesus. It's like you get around the church and you get around reading your Bible, you get around giving, you get around, you get around the things of Jesus, but you don't actually know Jesus. See, that's religion. You don't actually have a relationship with Jesus. So you end up talking about Jesus, you go to all sorts of fan clubs, you memorize all sorts of facts, you remember, you've memorized all sorts of figures about Jesus, and you start to get to know Jesus like you know the back of, of, the, of your favorite baseball card or something. Like, tell me about Jesus. Well, RBIs, right? Favorite saying, right? And that's what religion will do. It'll get you to get around Jesus without actually ever really knowing Jesus. And so you're gonna you start treating Jesus like your favorite celebrity, right? Oh, I, I, I bought all the magazines about Jesus. I, I've read all of, you know, what people have to say about Jesus. I've watched all the TV shows. But you've never actually talked to Jesus. I follow him on Instagram, but you've never actually sat down and, and just had a relationship with Jesus face to face. Religion will do that. And some of you are in that place. Some, and here's what happens. It's because of religion that gets you around Jesus without actually knowing Jesus. People actually, here's what happens. They end up turning from Jesus. Here's what old school religious gospel has done. It's, it's caused people to turn from Jesus when they've actually never even known Jesus. They've never actually even walked with Jesus. They've never had a relationship with Jesus. If I ask you, do you love that girl? Do you think it's going to work out between you two? You're like, well, I've been stalking her on Instagram, and I've, I've read, like, all her posts. I've liked all of them. I've liked all her posts. I've actually reposted her posts. And, um, and so, and, and then I've, like, I've seen on Instagram, like, her favorite restaurants. And I've gone to all of those restaurants. I've, and I know what books she's reading. I've read all of the books that she's reading. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to work out. It's like, you've never actually even met her. You've never done life with her. And you're making the decision that it's not going to work out based on Maybe even some things that others have told. Because, you know, tabloids, they're always saying negative things about all these people. 
Half of it's not even true. And so everyone's running around reading the tabloids about Jesus, you know. Inquirer magazine says. It's like, no, don't you dare judge a person's character until you've sat down in the reality of their character. And that's what's happened with religion. It's the tabloid Christian. Here's what Jesus, what? No, 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 come on, come on, come on. Just come be with Jesus. And I promise you, when you actually meet Jesus for who he is, non-tabloid version, non-religious you know, religious version, not, and you sit down with Jesus, here's what's going to happen. You're going to fall in love with Jesus. And that's what this whole thing's all about. It's a relationship with Jesus. Friends, following some girl around on Instagram or some guy around on Instagram isn't having a relationship with somebody. It's stalking them. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people today that are like they're stalking Jesus, just stalking him. And I'm telling you, friends, you won't find life in stalking Jesus. You need to have a relationship. Like, Jesus did not come to this earth, die a brutal and bloody death on a cross, rise again, send his spirit so you can know a bunch of facts and figures about him and so that you can stalk him from a distance. He did all of that. He gave you the true gospel so you could come alive in a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Come on, church, amen. Religion is going to govern your life. Grace will change your life. Religion hands you a behavioral management system. I don't like the behavioral management. I do this, don't that. People wonder, like, with your kids, you, you give them a behavioral management system. Don't do this or you get another spanking. Don't do that or it's another timeout. Don't do and they And they learn how to live within the confines of your behavioral management system that you've given them. But you've, we have not done a good job as a parent if all I've trained them is on how to live within a behavioral management system. What I'm after is a change of their heart. I want them to not step outside the lines of this thing. Why? Because their heart sees, like, that's actually not good for me. And that's not actually, Right? And if all you give a child is a behavioral management system, I'm telling you, when they move out from underneath the roof of your behavioral management system, they're going to rebel. They're going to go try to find the lines of everything you told them to live in. But if you let God, you, you, you let your parenting be a part of changing their heart, hey, you just ripped the, the head off your, daughter, your sister's Barbie. Like, why did you? Don't do that. Like, that's behavioral management. Don't do that. That's religion. Don't do that. Relationships is, hey, sweetheart, how do you think that made your sister feel? Do you think that's right? Do you think we should be, what do you, come on. I, I want you to grow up having a great relationship with your sister. Don't you want her to do loving things for you? Shouldn't you do loving things for him? Right? We want that heart to go, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I want you to go tell your sister. And it what happens in, in it restores relationship because it's about relationship. And that grace, friends, that change. Religion governs you and grace just starts to change you. Paul in Galatians 1.13 says, you, you've heard of my former life. <laughs> That's what grace does, is it gives you the opportunity of a former life. You heard how I once was? And guess what? God, by his grace, is changing me 
He's growing me. He's molding me. He's shaping me. See, and it's not that I have to. It's I get to. Like I, because it's about relationship and not religion, I, I, it's because it's about being in love with Jesus. It's like, I just, I get to. Like, come on, let me help. I mean, you gotta understand this. Like, you don't have to sit down and force me to not go commit adultery on my wife. Like, you don't have to remind me every week, don't commit adultery this week. Don't, don't. Here's, here's the reality. Here's, here's where I'm at right now. I'm just so in love with that girl. Like, I don't want to. I, I, I want her. I want more. I, I want more of her. Why? Because I'm in love with her. It's a love relationship. Religion keeps going, don't, 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 old school religious gospel. And grace comes in and says, just come fall in love with Jesus who loves you more than you could ever think or imagine. Come fall in love with Jesus that gave his life for your sins so that you could be delivered. Come fall in love with Jesus. Now I'm falling in love with Jesus and I'm like, I get to. Not have to. John 1, or 1 John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Why? Because this isn't hard. I love him. John 14, 15, last verse. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's a religious way to read that and a gracious way, and the grace way to read that. Religious is, if you love me, you better keep my commandments. You better prove it. You better not. Grace reads it like this. If you love me, you will. Why? Because I love you. You see? Grace, 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 grace. And so Paul comes into this society and these people, the Galatians that are, that are going into old school religion to, hey, look, grace. And you're going to hear a lot of grace, grace, grace. He goes into a society that's going, no, 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 it's, it's progressive, it's progressive. And, and Paul goes, no, and you're going to hear that all over Galatians. And the point of all of it is just to bring you back into relationship with Jesus, Right? So here's my question for you as you close. What side of the comma are you living on? If you love me, comma, you'll keep my commandments. Are you living on, keep my commandments, keep my commandments. Or if you love me, if you love me, if you love me. Grace says, come here and just fall in love with Jesus. Open your life up to him. Can I get a better amen?